So yeah, let's just start off with introductions. Should I go first or you? Okay. Uh, you go first. Okay. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Sebastian Garza. I was a decathlete at Liberty High School in none other than Frisco, Texas. Yes, Nationals this year is happening in my hometown. Uh, and now I am the state director for Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Maryland. I uh, live in Massachusetts. However, right now I'm just commenting not in that capacity, just as a um, over-obsessed spectator. Um, so, and I'm here today with uh, I'm Sam Keel. I competed uh, from Sun Prairie High School in Wisconsin for all four years of my high school career. And uh, now I am just a lowly college freshman studying at the University of Wisconsin-Madison in Madison, Wisconsin. Awesome. And that's where Nationals was last year. Oh, wait, this is cool. Because, like, Nationals yeah. last year was in your hometown. Or, well, not your hometown, but near your hometown. Yeah, it, and then... It's pretty much my hometown. Because... <laughs> Sun Perry is basically a suburb of it, right? Kind of? Yeah. It, it, yes, I would say yes, it is. All right, makes sense. The border is becoming more and more blurred as development increases. Yeah, that's exactly the way that like every town north of Dallas is becoming. Uh, like yeah. Frisco just used to be farmland and stuff. Um, and now suddenly it is completely exploded in population. And... Uh, kind of in my opinion has lost a lot of the charm that it once had mm-hmm. um but you know for all of you who will uh who will end up seeing at nationals um you'll get a taste of what texan suburban sprawl is like so <laughs> look forward to that um apologies for my overly cynical attitude toward my home state but um yeah so what are we here to talk about today sam uh we're here to talk about the upcoming national competition in none other than frisco texas Ah, uh, yeah exactly and uh so yeah this will this will basically just be like us and uh you know for those of us those of you who are kind of familiar with uh, the online community sam and i both like to um we edit the academic decathlon scores and information center quite a lot um we try to keep up to date with the latest happenings in different competitions across the country um and try to archive all of um the scores and results that we can um and for that reason, uh, and I guess just like because of this, we end up um, with just a very keen interest in, you know, predicting what will happen. Um, just just like all those people who are doing those um, March Madness bracket things for football, right? Like we're just, <laughs> you know, did, did I say the wrong sport? Yeah, you said football. It's, it's, it's not football. It's uh, baseball. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Um, I can bring Yeah, it's not baseball either. It's basketball. I know it. Whatever. It's baseball. Okay, fine. You're no. screwing with me now. Oh. Um, but <laughs> so other people are obsessed with sports ball. Um, yeah. Maybe possibly including Sam. I don't know. But at the very least, us two are uh, overly obsessed with decathlon as a sport and, you know, um, how people were like seeding teams and who would come out in top. We do the same thing, and this is something that a lot of the decathlon community also likes to do. And it's just so fascinating to um, kind of, you know, figure out what's going to happen and and uh, look forward to being spectators for it. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about um, what we think the results are going to be, uh, what we think some of the most exciting things to look forward to are going to be at nationals. Um, you know, not just who will come out on the very top, but other interesting things that are going on this season. 
um, of which there is a lot. There always is. Um, this is shaping up to be a really interesting nationals, uh, especially because of Division Four, but not only because of that. And um, yeah, I, for one, am super excited and I'm really excited to be at nationals and hopefully see a lot of you there. Yeah. I won't be there, but. Uh... Well, yeah, that's unfortunate. Mm. But at least I got to meet you at nationals last year. Yes. And I'll be at nationals next year. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, that, that'll just be a little bit for you. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Six hours. Or Bloomington, you know. technically. But that's a suburb. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Um, so what are what are some of the, like the big picture things that, that you, Sam, are kind of excited about seeing or uh think are will be interesting to watch? Well, so the first thing that jumps to mind is there are a couple changes in the format to the competition. Um, specifically, placements and overall team placements. Um, USAD is being more inclusive to giving the individual competitors and international teams these awards. Mm-hmm. So that's a change in how those awards are going to be awarded. Um, so that's mm-hmm. going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because now after after what happened last year when Shanghai International High School um, was not awarded, um, I think it would have been um, second place in Division II. Uh, they, yep. um, a lot of the, the Chinese teams like talked to USAD and what they ended up deciding to do was um, and kind of the same way that uh, the international teams and individuals medal match with the individual subject awards, they'll now be doing that with the team awards. Um, so for those of our listeners who are not really familiar with how exactly things work at nationals, um, what they've been doing since the influx of international competitors and um, since they started having individual competitors is the individual competitors and the international students are not able to, quote unquote, take away a medal from any of the American team students. So basically what happens if you have, you know, in Division One, um, there's, I don't know, 11 U.S. teams that are in Division One, And then there's, you know, maybe six teams from China and then however many individuals. Um, when they're making the medal placements and deciding what score will receive what medal, they take out the individuals and they take out the international teams and just decide the medaling scores based upon the U.S. teams. And then they go in and add the other um, the other students, the international and individual students. So if on the U.S. teams, the top honors gets a 980 and something, and then uh, second place is a 940, and then third place is a 920, but let's say we had an individual student make a 1,000 points, um, that 1,000, that perfect score, will share a gold medal with the 980 um, because the 980 was the highest score from a U.S. team member. Um, and then if an international student makes a 960, uh, when the original second place for the U.S. teams was a 940, then that 960 will also be awarded silver as well as the 940. Um, so it seems a little confusing, but really if you just think about it, like you just take the U.S. teams and then you add everyone else in, it makes a bit more sense. And so that's what they'll be doing uh, as far as I know um, with the team scores as well. So uh, if second place in Division Two. Uh, is an international team, then that uh, international team will share that second place title 
with the second place U.S. team. Uh, as far as individuals go, um, the same will also be true. Um, I think for international students, but I don't think for individual students. Um, I could be wrong, and maybe it's for neither. Um, so maybe it's not for overall scores at all and only team scores. Um, but I guess we'll be seeing on uh, Saturday for the awards ceremony, which is a week from today. So oh. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, and the other big change this year was the inclusion of a Division Four, um, in which uh, some states are allowed to bring along. Hello, Sam. Ben previously. Yeah. Oh, it sounded like you just transcended to another dimension. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that happened again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Is this better? Um, currently, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you know if you if you uh, okay. zoom out again. Yeah, I'm on a hotspot now, so I should be good. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't use too much data, but this is just a voice call. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Okay. So division four. Um, in which some states are allowed to bring along a second team. This has been done a couple times previously, uh, twice in 2000 and 2001, or maybe it was 2001 and 2002, um, and then again in 2000, so. and then again in 2013 and 2014. But it's going to be a little different than 2013 and 2014, in which the second team has to be from a different USAD division than the state champion team. Mm -hmm. So this has brought in six, eight, 18 new teams uh, to nationals mm -hmm. that are competing in the division four. Which is incredibly exciting. Yes. Uh, I, I think, I think it's really great that um, they're bringing second teams again. I remember a lot of people were really sad when they discontinued that after the uh, 2014 year. Um, and this is definitely a lot different, uh, as you said, from the 2013 and 2014 season. Because back then, it was just whichever was, uh, you know, the second place team was eligible to go to nationals. Which is why in 2013 and 2014, we had both Granada Hills Charter and El Camino Real Charter at nationals. Um, as well as both Rockwall and Paraland from Texas at nationals. Um, so, you know, top two in each of those states... Um, now, however, since both UCR and Granada are huge schools, uh, they both are not able to go because it has to be from a different USAD size division. And USAD defines their school sizes differently than California and Texas because in California and Texas, understandably, their schools are going to be so much larger. Um, but across the nation, you know, there's a lot of smaller schools and a lot, you know, um, more rural or um, smaller urban areas. And so for that reason, USAD has defined medium schools to be between 650 and uh, 1300 students, which means that, you know, even schools that are considered pretty small by Texas standards, like 1400 size school, which would have a graduating class of 350 to me, even, you know, from uh, a medium school in Texas standards where we had graduating classes of 450 to 500, about 2,000 or 2,100 total, like 1,400 seems utterly tiny. Um, and yet that would still be considered a large school by USAD standards. So um, 
you know, for that reason, it, it's a little bit strange um, to see exactly who gets to advance from those two states as well as some other large states. Um, but overall, um, I think a lot of the other states have more of a balance between large, medium, and small teams. Uh, so in many cases, it actually was still the second or maybe third place team they got to mm-hmm. advance. And I, was, I was actually pretty impressed with uh, most of the scores coming from the Division Four teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, 740k teams, 1039k teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're still very good scores. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they're not necessarily the second place school in the state. Yeah, and actually, and a lot of that is because um, there were several teams that qualified for nationals but um, were not able to go or perhaps um, turned on their invitation. Um, I know in two cases it was so that they could do e-nationals instead. Um, because of the scholarship opportunities that uh, is offered by E-Nationals, um, whereas Division Four does not get any scholarship opportunities. Um, and so University High School from California did that, and Collegiate Academy from Pennsylvania did that. Um, so, um, you know, both of those would have been higher scores than the ones who ended up representing uh, their respective states in Division Four. Um, but nonetheless, both of them still sent very strong teams. Um, so from California, for instance, it's Lamore Middle College High School, which um, was about 43.5K at state. And then from Pennsylvania, it was Clarion Limestone, um, which was about 39K. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that competition will be interesting. Um, oh, yeah. Do, you want, do we want to start talking about the state scores themselves? Yeah, I guess just, you know, a part of nationals um, is is just like something that I like a lot um, is how you get representation from all over the country, including a lot of teams that uh, you're not necessarily familiar with on a day to day basis, like even um, like teams that you don't necessarily hear about that often or that there's not a lot of information about maybe, you know, the coaches or people from their state are not as much of a part of the online community. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, so I think it's really cool how everyone comes together and, you know, kind of this allows us the opportunity to, uh, take a look back at how the year went and how the season was in each of the respective states. We'll keep this pretty brief and just talk about, um, how the top teams did. Um, and some, uh, there were many schools that had the highest score from their state in a long time or perhaps ever. Um, there were there are three new teams that were newly state champions this year who will be uh, attending four. nationals. Four, yeah, four, yes. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to start with those? The first time national competitors. Yes, and actually, there's <laughs> technically five with Florida. Oh, Florida! I didn't. Oh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, first time nationals competitors. Um, so, uh, in Pennsylvania historic feat by, um, Soderton area high school, a team that was, is just six years old by former North Penn decathlete, Phil Cerami, um, you know, an incredible presence online, uh, and an incredible person that I'm really excited to meet, uh, at nationals. Um, they won by five points, um, beating collegiate academy, um, and, you know, Collegiate Academy is a school that has made it to nationals tons of times over the past several decades. Um, and so it's really incredible feat that they managed to beat them. And especially that it was so neck and neck, 
Um, in fact, as far as we know, this is the closest that a state competition has ever been in USAD history. Um, there might be something that is, you know, around that close that we just don't have any information about. Um, but that's incredible. Um, that's really incredible. Um, so mad props to them. Uh, congratulations to uh, Mrs. Cerami and his amazing kids. Um, and I'm excited to meet you all there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next newest um, first-time national competitor is Ketchikan from Alaska. Uh, they mm-hmm. won their first state uh, championship this year with about uh, 42.4k as their score. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any more info? Do you have any more information about them? Yeah, so this is this is the highest Alaska state score since 2007. Um, yes, and they are you know so that's over a decade. Um, something else interesting about uh, Keshekan uh, and Satterton from Pennsylvania both are led by former decathletes. Um, and so, you know, as I said, Satterton Area High School from Pennsylvania is led by Phil Cerami, a 2004 Scholastic um, from North Penn High School. Um, and Keshekan, um, their coach is actually uh, Peter Stanton, who um, had said that Keshekan High School's score record um, several years back as well. And now he's back and he's been coaching them for several years and they've been getting better every year. Um, and even though we don't get a lot of data out of Alaska, um, especially from the um, southeastern portion of Alaska, um, you know, leading up to the state competition, I really felt like Keshikan had a great chance at, at um, eking out the title this year, and they definitely did that pretty handily. Um, and so congratulations to them, especially because they're actually the first school um, in Alaska's history from the um, southeast area to win the and, and attend nationals. Um, so congratulations to Peter Stanton. Um, I'm excited to meet him as well and and his team. Uh, and yeah. Mm -hmm. Another new team is, uh, the Da Vinci Academy from Utah. They won their state competition with about 40 and a half thousand points. And this will be their first time at nationals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Utah has been, um, uh, basically, you know, for a long time, they were led by, um, Park City High School and, uh, Park City, I think won, um, eight consecutive bids. No, more than that. Hang on. I'm not good at counting such high numbers. Okay. Nine, nine. consecutive bids tonight to, to nationals from 2003 to 2011. Um, and, you know, often scoring, especially in 2008, they were mid 46 K. Um, but then in tw- 2012, it was Lone Peak, 2013 Park City, and then Bingham kind of came to the front. Um, and then this year, like, you know, looking at the results from 2017, um, Da Vinci Academy was right behind Bingham High School. And then this year, um, Da Vinci Academy managed to um, managed to take the state title and they will be there. And yeah, mm-hmm. as, the, as you said, this is the highest um, scorer out of Utah, um, the highest state scorer out of Utah since um, 2009. Um, perhaps 2010 since we don't know that school, but probably 2009. Um, and that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and then our next uh, first time national competitor is Tully junior senior high school from New York. Um, Which is tiny. Yes. Not, I, I don't think it's quite as tiny as Lindenville central who won New York state last year. 
Um, but you know, there's still, you know, a, a pretty small community, um, pretty small high school. And I mean, they're in division three. Um, so that's a really amazing feat. Um, the one with about 35,000 points and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So congratulations to them and, uh, yes. hope that they fare well in D3. And then lastly, um, university Christian high school from Florida, so Florida didn't have any competitors last year. Um, Florida actually hasn't been to nationals since 2014. Um, 2015, they didn't seem to have any teams. In 2016, they had a team that appeared like on the state scores from nationals list, but then they didn't end up actually being at nationals. Or sorry, the state, yeah, the the C. Leon King High School in 2016 had a state score. Uh, it seemed like they'd taken it online, but then they won at nationals. And now it looks like it's this new school. Um, and so um, I hope that this is the start of a, of a great new program in Florida, um, and that maybe um, they will be doing well over the next several years and, and rise up in D3. But, um, you know, with, with teams and with states that only have a couple of members um, or like zero members, and you're just trying to get your foot in the door and, and get them started, a lot of the time what we see is, Uh, teams join um, are there for a couple of years and then just kind of zone out um, and stop competing. And hopefully that's not what happens again this time, Um, but we'll see. It would be really fantastic to have uh, a new healthy program in Florida. It doesn't seem like it ever really took off in Florida. So. So those are our five first time national competitors. Um, Now let, now do we want to move on to a couple teams that, um, have broken their state's scoring records for highest state team score. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is Oakwood High School from Ohio, which scored just under 52K at their state competition. Um, it's the first Ohio team to break 50,000 points and the first team outside of California and Texas to do so since 2009. That's crazy. I hadn't realized that, but you're right. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. The last, yeah, the last team would have been Waukesha West from Wisconsin in 2009. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's been a decade. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. It's been 10, <laughs> just about 10 That's years. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything to say about uh, that? Um, I think, like, it, it's really interesting that, you know, Oakwood has been an established program for um, a while now, really ever since um, 2012. They first made it to nationals in 2011. Um, and, you know, uh, like they did well representing Ohio um, that year. And But then 2012, they just took it to a whole nother level. And then 2013 especially was incredible. Um, and since then, they've really established themselves as a, as a, as a powerhouse, despite having such a small school population mm-hmm. of about, you know, 600, 700 students. And they, um, you know, have been so established that to me, it feels like they've been perennially 50K. And it's, it's kind of weird to me to think, oh, yeah, like, no, they hadn't broken 50K before this year. Mm-hmm. They, um, came a, they, they came a couple hundred points to it in 2016. They were so uh, close. Yeah, just a couple yeah. hundred points below it. Well, I, I think it was less than a couple hundred points. I think it was like... I, I mm-hmm. think they were forty nine point nine at nationals. Yeah. Oh no. Sorry. I, you're right. It was it was forty nine point seven k. Just under. Okay. So yeah, and then at state they were just under forty nine point eight k. So close. Very close. Yeah. Very close. Very very close. Um, 
Um, but yeah, and then one other thing to note, and I guess we'll be talking about this later, but Oakwood is almost completely <laughs> sophomores and juniors. There is one yeah. senior on their team. So if they're this good this year, uh, <laughs> to think they about will next be year. quite the force to be reckoned with next year. Mm. Um, um, that's just a little tidbit to, to look forward to for the 2019 season. And another thing for this season that's a little different with Oakwood is they've they've perennially been in D3, uh, but this year they've moved up to Division II um, mm-hmm. in Nationals. So that's going to be a little interesting. Yeah, I'm not totally sure whether this is because their student population has gotten bigger or um, a second option, which is what I more kind of think, is like I had Smaller. noticed as the state scores were coming in that just a lot of the team's um, who are winning the states just seem to be smaller this year. Um, and so I think that what happened here is ultimately there were just um, a lot more uh, smaller, smaller schools, schools than usual. Um, so, for instance, if you take a look, I think there's uh, 12 schools in Division Three, um, whereas there's actually mm-hmm. just nine in Division Two. And yeah. I think that what happened likely was that Oakwood just happened to be bigger. They've always been right around the cutoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Oakwood was the biggest of the bunch, so they just had to push them up a little bit into Division Two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of the time, this doesn't tend to matter um, that much because most of the time, uh, uh, you know, it's not a 50K team that's going to throw off everything yeah. substantially. Um, and usually, I don't feel like it happens usually between D3 and D2. I feel like it's usually D2 and D1. But this yeah. year, it was just kind of a strange year for for a lot of smaller schools which is you know great to see smaller mm-hmm. small schools having such healthy programs um but yeah it led to this um interesting little splash happening um so that'll change things up a little bit but you know oakwood being oakwood it does not diminish their chances in the least of still coming out as national champions in their own division and then cedar rapids jefferson from iowa also posted their state's um, highest state score ever from the scores that we know from Iowa. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty awesome. There's a lot of stuff missing in the early 2000s and also throughout the 90s, mm-hmm. um, both the state and nationals teams. So it's hard to know for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, definitely it is up there. Um, and that's really um, amazing to see that they just keep going up year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming back with really strong teams. Yeah. Uh, apart from that, um, yeah, as, as we already noted, um, DaVinci Academy from Utah is the highest um, state score since 2009. Um, another state that also had their highest score since 2009 uh, was Creighton Preparatory School in Nebraska, Creighton Prep. And um, they were um, the upper 46K range, which is really incredible to see especially because last year in nebraska um the top state score um was just under 43k um mm-hmm. so you know it's really incredible to see them to make sure that they're uh still having a really strong program um just like statewide having a lot of teams that are uh you know over and above 40k it's a lot of people don't think of nebraska as a particularly competitive state but it really is yeah. they've got a lot of really really strong teams um, and you know, it would be one thing if they just had one team that was that high Creighton prep was just under 47 K. Um, but they were only beat by about 500 points, um, mm-hmm. 
they only beat second place by about 500 points. And that was Lincoln Pius X. Uh, it's probably pronounced the 10th, but I like saying Lincoln Pius X more because it sounds a bit more badass. That's um, how I always say it. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, they only beat, no, no. they were 46.3K. And then Mount Michael, um, who was the state champion last year, um, increased their previously um, highest score ever to just under 44K. Um, and so that's just amazing that they're still really strong. Um, and there were other teams also above 40 K. Um, and yeah, it's exciting. And Mount Michael is the division four representative from Nebraska. So they will be at nationals as well. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, um on to, couple, Oh, go ahead. There are a couple other, um, highest scores since, um, about a decade ago, Shawnee Mission, Shawnee Mission South from Kansas posted their highest state score for Kansas since 2008, as did Martinsville from Indiana. And then, as I believe we said before, Ketchikan had the highest Alaska state score since 2007. Yes. One other, one quick thing I'd like to add about um, Shawnee Mission South from Kansas is... Um, this is the, I think, fourth time ever that a team from Kansas has broken 40,000 points. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at least at the state competition. Um, so, only two teams, uh, like only two schools have ever done that in Kansas history. Um, Shawnee Mission South and Blue Valley West. Um, so, Shawnee Mission South, which was 40.3K, um, the only uh, other times that they've hit 40,000 points were in 2015. Uh, which is when they were 41.8K. Um, really strong team that year, led by Regina Yan. Um, in 2008, um, they were 40.6K. Um, and then in 1997, they were 41.5K at Nationals. We don't know their team score at State, um, but you know that was also possibly over 40,000 points. So yeah, that would actually be, this would be the fifth time then. Um, I don't know which year that, Blue Valley West did um, hit 40,000 points, but I do know that they have at some point. Okay. So, yeah, um, go them. Yeah. And then I, I had been worried about Kansas's um, program kind of um, falling, especially after the Shawnee Mission South. Um, I th- Am I wrong that their coach retired? I don't remember. I um, do not know. But in 2016... Um, the winning score for the state went down uh, 6,000 points. Um, but then it went up a little bit in 2017. And then this year, they're back at 40,000. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't know anything about the second place team or how competitive it is there. Um, but I'm hoping that that their program is still strong and competitive. Yes. Um, and then there's just a couple close individual things to watch out for at Nationals. Um the top scores in the honors and scholastic divisions are quite close together. Oh, yeah. So the race for first is going to be pretty intense. Certainly. Yes. Certainly. Especially with the number of kind of record-breaking um, objective scores that we've seen. Oh, um, yeah. Like, I remember in 2015 when uh, Fernando Sanchez from Granada Hills Charter High School hit 6,700, like, mm-hmm. on the dot um, in objectives. And that was insane because that was a new objective score record. Um, and now we have, you know, people at, um, 
at 68.40, for instance. Uh-huh. And that's just, you know, that's definitely not normal. That's still utterly incredible. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, you know, now when I see 6,700, I'm like a lot less moved than I was back in the day. Um, but that's just like goes to show like, you know, a lot of like the honors competition especially has just gotten so competitive. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people will talk about uh, like score inflation, yada, yada. And sure, there's definitely some of that. But like, I really do think that um, the just level of competition between individuals um, has really increased over the past, even just like half decade. Um, and so I think we'll have a really big showdown um, this year at nationals mm-hmm. um, between the top honors and between the top scholastics. And yeah. uh, I'm really excited to see what ends up going on there. And the, th- the top three scholastics that will be competing at the national competition at their respective state competitions, they were separated by 12 points. It's insane. Yeah. And uh, they're all competing in the same division, so mm-hmm. it's going to be so, quite yeah, we'll, interesting. We'll, we'll know who wins there. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to on move to, on to predictions for the team? The top teams? Like, yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Uh, should we stop with, start with top three overall? Yeah, let, let's do top three overall since, um, okay. yeah, because I, I think uh, here, like, you know, we could just go by division, um, but I, since it looks like the top three teams are not all going to be in the same division, um, mm-hmm. we might as well talk about those first um, since yeah. it's, you know, reasonably certain who the top three teams are going to be um, because they've separated themselves from the rest of the pack by about 4,000 points. Um, all of these teams are 52,000 or higher at state. Um, and... Um, it's really just a question of who will, you know, what the order between them will be rather than whether they'll be all in the top three. So do you want to say at the same time who we think uh, the first place team is going to be the overall national champion? I, I Sure. Okay. I think it will be El Camino Real Charter. Yes, El Camino Real Charter. Um, they posted a very impressive score at their state competition with almost 56,000 points, and that was almost 4,000 points ahead of the Texas team that made it to Nationals. So I think they have a clear Uh, uh, advantage. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I think it is somewhat stratified at the top because we have El Camino Real Charter, who's 4,000 points higher than second and third place, who are then 4,000 points separated from Mm -hmm. fourth place and so on. but um, that's just the level of that these programs are at. Uh, and, you know, um, just to, to clarify, these top three teams are the California team, El Camino Rail Charter, um, the Ohio team, as we've talked about, Oakwood, um, and then the Texas team, which is Lubbock High School. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Lubbock High School, which, uh, since we were talking about um, the top, or, or the, the teams who were new to nationals this year, Lubbock High School did win uh uh, and go to nationals in 2002 as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that was the only other time they've been. Yes. Um, so I think second place is going to be second place overall is going to be really interesting. Oh yeah. Uh, Lubbock and Oakwood were very close at state, uh, about 200 be. points apart. So who do you think is going to get second? Whom do I think will get second? That's, I so the, this is the kind of thing where it's really 
I don't think that I have a super strong opinion here so much as I have a, a stronger opinion of like what the probability distribution is of who will likely yeah. come out uh-huh. on top. Um, so I, I'm kind of giving it, uh, I think, I, I honestly do think that Lubbock does have the advantage here. Um, you know, a lot of people might just say that because they're used to Texas being in second place. And I'm willing to bet that there's some bias there for me as well. Um, but, you know, Lubbock was 200 points ahead of Oakwood at state. And sure, 200 points doesn't really mean anything, um, you know, when we're talking about going from state to nationals, especially in two different state competitions where there's probably a lot of discrepancy in the way subjectives are scored, et cetera. Um, but just looking at the jump that Lubbock made um, from regionals to state, Lubbock is always known for their jumps. Or, you know, for the past several years, um, they've just jumped a lot. Um, and, you know, if they can continue this upward trend, um, and, you know, I'm not saying they'll go up like 2,000 points or, or whatever again, or, you know, 2,500, because that would be ridiculous. But I do think that there is a very strong um, chance that they'll jump from the 52.2 where they are all the way up to 53K. Um, do I think that will necessarily happen? No, but I definitely think there's a strong possibility that it will, especially with how strong their subjective scores are. Um, and, you know, there was a fair amount of controversy about Lubbock High School's victory at the Texas State competition. Um, for those of you who haven't heard, um, essentially what happened was um, there uh, in Texas, the large schools compete in a completely different city and different competition from the medium and, and small schools. Lubbock is a medium school by Texas standards. Um, and another school, Dulles High School, um, was less than 100 points behind them, but they were a large school. Dulles High School won in the objectives, and um, Lubbock High School um, was scored lower on the objective tests, but then their speech and interview and essay made up for it. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to go into, especially because this is just a highly controversial topic, like, you know, this isn't about, like, who should have won or whatever, because um, that question is completely moved regardless anyway. Um, however, what I will say is that I feel like a lot of the time people don't tend to take subjective scores seriously as much. Um, people think like, oh, well, like they won an objective, so they should have won overall. But really, you never know if perhaps one of the teams just actually studied or in practice the subjective scores way, way harder than the other one. And if they hadn't, then, you know, um, like they didn't score as high in objectives because they were putting so much time into subjectives, which is a very valid and important part of the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lubbock High School, I think, is a crowning example of, of that because for the past several years, they have had um, the, if not just, you know, extremely close to the top subjective scores in the state of Texas. Um, you know, even if they're in a place with very low subjective scores, like, you know, we would say like deflated subjective scores, they still come out, um, you know, looking like a normal team would with the normally inflated scores or something like that. Mm-hmm. They practice, and I've talked to some of their students, they practice like their speech and interview and even essay, they drill them extremely hard. Um, you know, it goes with a lot of the stories that you hear about the top teams doing in California. And the thing is, that's just not as common um, in other um, states as it is, you know, with some of these top teams in California. Um, even the top Texas teams, a lot of the time, don't tend to um, drill these objectives as much. Um, I think that Lubbock High School has really figured out 
how the best way to do subjectives is. And I think that gives them an enormous advantage over any other school, even ones that also um, practice subjectives a lot, but especially those who are kind of historically a little bit weaker in them. Um, and I think that gives them uh, an immensely strong advantage over Oakwood. Um, but then it's hard to say for sure. Um, and uh, things are always different year after year. We can look at patterns, but uh, patterns don't always predict what's actually going to happen. Um, but, you know, sorry for my rant on subjectives, but I really do think that um, that gives them a huge advantage. Now, on the other hand, with Oakwood, um, you know, can we can look at Oakwood? their historical. What? Can I talk about Oakwood? Hello? Hello? Hi. Can I talk about Oakwood? Yeah, you can. I'm, I'm monopolizing the conversation. Have your, have your talk. <laughs> so uh, here our predictions differ a little bit uh, because I have Oakwood in second place. Mm -hmm. um, if we look at their state to national jumps in mm -hmm. previous years, about half the time they sort of remain constant, but then mm -hmm. the other half of the time they put up very impressive state to national jumps, sometimes oh, yeah. as much as 2,000, 2,500. Mm -hmm. um, so basically it's, it, it's sort of just, I guess... I don't want to say coin flip, but probabilistically it sort of is a coin flip as to whether they'll have a similar jump this year. Yeah. Um, and if they do have that jump, I think second place is no question really. Um, another thing is they always seem to be very successful with subjectives at nationals. Mm -hmm. um, Lubbock and Oakwood are two very consistent subjective teams, mm -hmm. uh, teams in subjectives. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, that's what the competition could come down to. Now, does Lubbock have an advantage with nationals? Wait, how did you pronounce Texas? that? Oh, uh, uh, with a uh, how's it pronounced again? The, the second syllable is a schwa, so it's just Lubbock. Okay, so Lubbock. Okay, so um, Lubbock they maybe have an advantage since um, nationals is literally being held in the same city that their state competition was being held in. Mm -hmm. So it, it's probable that the judge pool for the subjective events is going to be very similar. Uh, I don't, I don't I know. Mm, yeah, you're, you're right. I think there will be some overlap, but from what I've heard about, um, like they're getting gotten, the judges are being recruited by different people. So, okay. Okay, so um, I, I don't think that's necessarily an advantage then. Um, so I think second and third is going to be very close overall, but I would have to give it to Oakwood at this point um, mm -hmm. if they have another one of their astounding jumps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and that was the other thing I was about to say is that, yeah, Oakwood sometimes has amazingly huge jumps from state to nationals. Um, looking at um, last year, for instance, they were 46.3K at state and went up to 48.8K, which is insane. You know, that's two and a half thousand points, like you said. Um, but then in other years, like 2016, the year before that, they were 49.8K um, at state and then 49.7K at nationals. They just went down by about 100 points. Um, it's really hard to say. Um, yeah. They definitely could propel themselves to mid 53k i could definitely see that being a thing 
Um, but you know, I could also see them staying about the same, only maybe mm-hmm. going up a hundred, a couple hundred, maybe going down a couple hundred. Um, and that's why I said, you know, this is something I'm very uncertain about. And I really see it as more of a probability distribution. Yeah. You're right that Oakwood is very strong in subjectives. Um, uh, back in, in their first couple of years in nationals, um, that was definitely a weak point for them, but they've definitely made that up over time. Um, but saying, saying nowadays, um, like, you know, regardless of how good they are, I think Lubbock just takes things to a whole different level. Um, I think that they probably have at least 500 points on any other team just on subjectives alone. Um, and maybe my whole, maybe that's not true. Um, but I, that's why I'm thinking I'm giving about 60% to Lubbock and mm-hmm. 40% to Oakwood. Okay. Um, and you know, I, there's probably some Texas bias in there. I, I love Oakwood's <laughs> team. You know, I know a lot of their students or a lot of their students in the past. Um, and, uh, their coach is fantastic. Um, and I know some of Lubbock students, um, and you know, it's just ultimately made the best team win. Yeah. And this part of the awards ceremony is going to be kind of infuriating to watch because they are in different divisions. So yeah. medal count isn't going to tell us anything mm-hmm. about who is ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so it reminds me of when Waukesha West from Wisconsin was up there in contention for national titles and medal count told us nothing about who was going to win about who was leading. You just had but, to wait till the overall results came. But well, it's only recent. It's only since 2014 that they've made divisional individual result medals. Oh yes. True. That is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause it used to be everyone got medals together that's right. Um, and then 2014, they changed it to where they give out separate medals for the individual mm-hmm. events in uh, Division One, Two, and Three, and then this year Four, um, which I think was a great move because there were just you know so many yeah. really great teams you know in the mid 40ks at nationals who were not getting any medals because yeah. um, that's just how it was. And then um, it's also important to point out that medal count is not always a great indicator of who's leading or who's ahead. Um, Dude, the 2014 nationals, yeah, was insane. And, like I was just, also, yeah. Like if I can talk about the 2014 nationals competition, that was the last nationals that I was not able to be at in person. I've um, uh, been able to be at all of them since then. But I remember watching that live stream on my computer and and like taking notes. Like whenever they'd call someone for a medal, I would like you know write it down, um, just uh-huh. as the competition went along to keep track of. And I remember you know, before they started announcing individuals, like after they'd concluded those 10 events, um, Granada Hills Charter had 41 medals. El Camino Real Charter had 29. So 41 to 29. And then Rockwall High School was actually beating El Camino Real um, in medal count because they had, um, I think, 31 um, you know, my numbers may be off a little bit, but Rockwall was beating. Um, oh, so it was 32, and then ECR had 30. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then Granada had 41. But El Camino Real still beat Granada despite having 11 fewer medals, which is insane. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, medal count is generally a good indicator, um, but sometimes can be so, so far off. Mm-hmm. I remember being so surprised when ECR ended up winning, especially because once they had. Um, announced the top individuals in Division One. Um, Granada had 
four. Rockwell had three, and ECR just had two, and mm-hmm. they won with those two individuals. That's I remember. That, oh, that was yeah. That was the first uh, live stream awards ceremony that I watched, um, mm-hmm. and it was very exciting. That was so, like Nationals twenty fourteen is just to me just such a fascinating competition. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to delve into that right now, but. Um, I may have stood up till three in the morning last night, just like pouring over its results again. And just, wow. <clears throat> I have weird hobbies anyway. Yeah. And another thing to note about these second and third place teams is that they're very close to potentially breaking, uh, 53,000, mm-hmm. which is sort of, we talk about 50,000 being a very impressive barrier a lot, mm-hmm. but 53 is even more impressive. Um, the only time that a non-California team has broken 53k was in 2008 when uh, Waukesha West of Wisconsin broke. What? Yeah. How'd you pronounce that? I had a mishap in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> I know yeah. it's Waukesha. I yes. think I said Washika. Yeah. <laughs> that has never happened. Um, at least I don't say Waukesha anymore. Uh, Waukesha, yeah. No, I, I never said Waukesha. I said Waukesha. Oh, no, it was the Nationals at the awards ceremony. They kept saying Waukesha. <laughs> oh, God. They, if they're oh. at the National, they should know. Oh, God. Okay. That was at uh, 2013. Well, I, I can make fun of you for how you say Lubbock or like Koppel. Um, and then <laughs> you can make fun of me for how I say like Winnicon. Winnicani? Oh, the E is pronounced? Oh, that's so weird. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's that's. I, I knew I was saying it wrong somehow. So there you go. Giving you fuel to make Actually, fun of me. Yeah. If, if we're doing the Wisconsin podcast, Winnicani, very impressive performance this year from them. That's very true. Different, different topic. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> All right. So on do, to Division One. Yeah. Uh, so. Pretty much we've already covered first and second place for this since ECR and Lubbock are yes. um, are pretty much set for first and second here. Mm-hmm. So really the discussion is in third place. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think will be in a third place? Well, first, before you ask me what I think, let's we have asked the decathlon community what they think. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, uh, and so uh, what we were able to do... Um, or, I don't know why I said it like that. What we did um, was, um, you know, for those of you who are familiar with the Demideck Talk, the online academic decathlon forums, um, they, um, something that a lot of people enjoy doing is making a poll um, before a, a large competition um, just to see kind of like what people think, um, what people are predicting. Um, I find it so fascinating to just see, um, you know, what the wisdom of the crowds will say. Um, and here... Um, a lot of people just real quick to go back to the top three overall um, I was a little surprised by how many people just put Lubbock as second place and there were out of out of the 15 I'll say we got 15 responses so far um, uh, including both Sam and I um, 12 of those 15 put Lubbock as um, first and then only 3 of those 15 um, in other words just 20% put Oakwood first yeah. um, so I, I think that a lot of people are probably just strongly biased toward Texas. Um, and, or maybe a lot, maybe most of those people are like me and only think that Lubbock has a slight chance, higher chance of winning, but still have to just decide one for the poll. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, but everyone who put Oakwood as second place, you know, put Lubbock as third because, yeah. Um, but on to, yeah, Division One as far as what people think will be third place. The crowd favorite here is Canyon Del Oro uh, from Arizona. Yeah, that's interesting um, because Whitney Young is just, we don't get a lot of information from Illinois from their state and regional competitions or city competition mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. which is what they call it there mm-hmm. um so it's just kind well, no, of no they have the to... state competition but oh no oh. i see what you're saying sorry i misunderstood yeah 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 um so it's just kind of hard to figure out where they're necessarily at because all we get usually is the team score mm-hmm. um whereas and I, I think another thing is they just don't have a strong online presence um, yeah. whereas arizona definitely does uh-huh um, yeah so, so I think that this leads to some amount of, of uh, um, you know, bias in people's opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kenyon Del Oro has an incredibly strong team this year. Um, and I definitely do think, like a lot of people are putting them at 48,000 points. I definitely do think that's possible for them. Mm-hmm. But something that I think a lot of people aren't realizing about Illinois and about Whitney Young um, is that for the past, God, I don't even know how many years, um, since at least 2012, they have gone up over a thousand points from state to nationals yeah. every single year, um, even despite numerous coaching changes. They're just mm-hmm. always enormously strong. Um, so you know this can range from like in 2014 when there were only 44.4 thousand a state, and then went up to 47.4 thousand. So that's a 3,000 point jump there. Um, yeah. You know, or even starting off really strong, like in 2016, they were 47.7 thousand at state and then went up to 48.9 thousand or a 1200 point increase at nationals this year their state score is 47.9 thousand a little over that so really just under 48k i think it's immensely probable that they will end up over 49k yeah and even i mean we don't know what you know depending on what the tests are like what the judging is like 50k i would say isn't out of the range yeah, and, and Whitney Young is no stranger to fifty thousand points. I mean, they haven't done it mm-hmm. in a while, but back under the rain, uh, or the under the I don't know the right word to use here. Rain is a little leadership. weird. Leadership. <laughs> yes, under the leadership of Coach Brian Tennyson, a uh, legendary coach from the late nineties to and two thousands, they hit fifty thousand several times. Um, it's yeah, both two thousand eight um, and two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually had, a, I think, probably their strongest team ever in two thousand seven. Yeah. Um, and they were really close in 2012 as well. Yes. Uh, so, um, yeah, I could see 50,000 points happening. Um, or mm-hmm. I could see something really close another year of just of just under 50K, um, uh-huh, like in yeah. 2012. Um, but whatever the case, I am very, very convinced that they will be over 49,000 points. And I'm also very convinced that they'll be in third place in Division One. Um, yes, indeed. But- surprises can happen yeah that definitely um so you know the like this is the kind of like you can look at patterns but it's not always going to end up the same um you and know, maybe uh what maybe the arizona team canyon del oro they'll just be they're just more used to the warm weather than a chicago yeah. team um <laughs> perhaps so yeah maybe yeah. maybe that'll make all the difference yeah <laughs> i know if i was competing in texas i would not be comfortable in that weather uh, <laughs> oh god I'm I'm just excited to get out of Massachusetts for a little bit. I mean, I I was in Mexico for 
uh, a weekend a couple weeks ago. And that was so weird to come from like a snowstorm to like, I literally got a sunburn the next day. (laughs) It was just like in the nineties and it was, it was a shock. Um, and it's not going to be nearly that warm in Texas. It's actually rainstorm tornado season right now. Um, but, uh, Uh definitely better than here. Yeah. In Massachusetts. Move on to division two. No, well, let's stick with Division One a bit longer, um, oh, yeah. and, and and keep talking about. Um, so, you know, for, for a little more context, Kenyon Del Oro, um, which is ranked fifth going into, um, sorry, ranked fourth in Division One, um, going into the uh, uh, the Nationals competition. Um, they're starting off six hundred points behind Whitney Young. Um, so, you know, if Whitney Young um, scores over forty nine thousand points, which they almost certainly will. Um, you know, even if Ken and Del Oro pulls off their biggest um, jump from states and nationals that they'd ever seen, um, it would still take a bit more than that to be able to beat uh, Whitney Young. Um, and so, obviously, I absolutely adore the Ken and Del Oro team, um, and I'm wishing them the best. But um, I think that Whitney Young is just too far ahead uh, for them to, to likely to be able to catch. But um, if, if any of you are listening, then, you know, take, <laughs> take this as a challenge to accept um, oh, yeah. That's 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 what I like. You know, it, it, if anyone listening is like, "Hey, like, I think you're underestimating my team or something like that," then accept that challenge. We would we would love it. Um, you know, this is only based on uh, you know patterns and, and things of that sort. Um, and patterns. as I keep saying, what make new patterns? Yeah, make new patterns. Exactly. Like it's not like nothing ever changes. So mm-hmm. yeah. And um, that's one of the the most exciting things. Um, and then you know, quick plug because I am you know, a Massachusetts resident and the state director up here. Um, the Massachusetts team act in Boxborough. Um, watch out for them too. Uh, because uh, historically AB, um, you know, the team that has uh, won up here um, in Massachusetts only, what, what is it? 24 times since 1992. So 24 times out of this 25 yeah. years, um, including every year of this millennium. <laughs> so 2001 and up. Um, mm-hmm. they, uh, have another really strong team this year. Not quite as strong perhaps as, uh, 2016 when they were fifth in the nation, but I don't think that fifth in the nation is, uh, completely out of the question here. I think that there is a little bit of a chance that, um, they could overtake Kenny and Deloro as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the patterns here again, like patterns, patterns, yada, yada. I know I use the same words over and over again. So for our listeners, I'm sorry. I don't have a very wide vocabulary, um, but. Didn't you uh, major in linguistics? Yeah, because I'm terrible at talking, <laughs> <laughs> among other things. People keep making fun of me for being the worst linguistics maker because I can't even use past tense verbs correctly. Um, there was This group chat was making fun of me because I said snows for the past tense of sneeze the other day. But, like, I can't help that. <laughs> um, ever since I took one class on the irregularization of English past tense verbs, my brain has never been the same. Uh, but, okay. Um, okay. So, Acton Boxborough usually rises a couple hundred points from, um, uh, from states and nationals. I have the feeling that this year will be different. Am I completely positive? No. Um, I can't say for sure that I am. But I definitely think they were they were forty six point six k at um, at state, and I think there's a good chance they'll be over forty seven thousand points. Um, 
perhaps, you know, even in the mid range. Um, so, you know, I can't really say for sure one way or the other, but I do think that there is a good chance there and uh, that they could perhaps take fourth place at nationals. And I think again, at nationals this year, they will still announce not just the top three teams per division, but the first four teams. Right. Yeah. Cause they usually um, do that. I'm not, yeah, they, I'm not. What? They did that last year. Yeah. I know. And they've done that the past several um, I'm not sure if they're doing that this year. I think maybe things will be a bit different because of Division Four, um, I but I definitely. Uh, yeah, the fourth place team doesn't get a banner, uh, but they do get a plaque. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, so you know, um, again, I uh, adore the Kenny Delaro team. I am a bit biased about Massachusetts, though, so we'll <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> and as you'll see in maybe some of my other predictions, I'm I'm a little biased about Wisconsin. I noticed. That's okay. You know, we're we're only human. We can't get away from bias entirely. Um, home, home state pride. Exactly. Um, and just maybe a couple more notes about Division One too. Um, so you know, as I said, um, you know, Acton Bosworth was uh, ranked fifth. Can I use the word seated here? Can I say they're seated fifth in Division One, or is um, that a sports term I'm not understanding? I think seeded refers to something someone apply like a rank that someone applies to someone. Like okay. their rank is five. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Um their score is literally the fifth place one right now. Got it. Um so there's several other teams that'll be over forty thousand points. Um, and that's Cedar Rapids Jefferson from Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. They were 45.4. Um, you know, uh, even if I'm biased toward Massachusetts, I will say that there is um, still a chance for them to overtake Acton Boxborough. Um, yeah. Cedar Rapids does tend to grow um, perhaps around 1,000 points. Um, if, if Massachusetts does do something different this year and goes down, um, then, you know, we could see Iowa, um, you know, take them up for fifth place. Um, Indiana, Martinsville High School, 43,000. Um, Pennsylvania, a Southerton area high school, um, just under 43,000, 42.8. Um, Kansas, Shawnee Mission South High School, that's 40.3,000. Um, Connecticut, Trumbull High School with 32.7,000 points. And then Madison Central from Mississippi. Um, and, you know, Mississippi, um, they actually won Division Two um, back in 2014. And, uh, you know, people don't think a lot about Mississippi nowadays. Um, especially because their longtime coach retired from Madison Central High School, who had for a long time been the only state um, in Mississippi. They've got a couple now, or at least they had a couple as of 2015. I'm not sure if they still have others. Um, last year, they scored a lot lower than they had in the past. They were 29,000 points at Nationals. Um, here, are the state score that we were given was 19,000 points, but I'm willing to bet that that's only objectives or perhaps objectives and essay. Um, and so hopefully they will um, be above 30,000 points again, and hopefully they will rise back up to what they once were. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. And that's yeah. Division One. Um, that's Division One for the American teams. Um, if we take a quick look at the um, international teams, um, so all of the international teams in Division One um, are from China. Um, we had at, um, the top one is the Wuhan WHBC, um, and they're at... 49.6 thousand um and then uh, there's a couple others above 35k um so that's guangdong experimental high school um 
Chengdu Foreign Languages School, who's been around since they were the very first Chinese team um, to come, uh, 36.9 thousand. Uh, and then Affiliated High School of South China Normal University at 35.5. Since none of these teams are above 40,000 points, I don't see a lot of them, um, you know, perhaps earning uh, that many medals or, um, you know, ultimately um, being super competitive this year in Division I. Um, But we'll see if that changes in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, To D2. So, to D2 now. So... If we look at the poll, it's it's pretty clear who the people are choosing. Uh, they think the Division Two champions will be Oakwood. Yeah, um, and we've already talked a lot about them. So we have. May I say again that they have one senior on their team? Yeah, one. That, that's oh, insane. And, and there are two nine K honors are sophomores. Is that it's incredible? Yeah, indeed. Um. And then so, yeah. I guess should should we should we do like the rundown of the teams in D two and then give our predictions just to give more context for our listeners? Um, sure. Yeah, let's do that. You want to do that? Sure. Um, so okay. seated in or whatever <laughs> ranks currently um, after the state competitions, in second is Nebraska's Creighton Prep um, with forty six point nine thousand. Um, third is Rhode Island Bishop Hendrickin with forty five point three thousand. Fourth is Wisconsin Wilmot Union with 43.3 thousand. Um, fifth is New Jersey Parsippany with 42.3 thousand. Um, God, I lost count. Sixth is Georgia's um, Lakeview Fort Orglethorpe, um, which I'll just call LFO from now on because apparently I cannot say Lakeview Fort Orglethorpe. Oh, that's so hard to say. Wait. That's weird. Also, one other thing. <laughs> yeah. Parsippany. Yeah. Okay, that that's different than I've been saying it. Were you saying Parsipani? Maybe. <laughs> that's like that goes like very counter to general English pronunciation rules. I mean, I've never heard it pronounced, so it might be Parsipani. Um, but like that Parsipani, like like the fact that there's two P's there makes me really suspect that it's the second syllable that carries the primary stress on Parsipani. Yeah, um. But anyway, yeah, Parsippany <laughs> yeah. was uh, fifth, and then Lake before Oglethorpe. It's so hard. Uh, Oglethorpe. Oglethorpe. Well, but when you say Ford before, I try to say Fort Oglethorpe. <laughs> um, there's six, and they were 38.5. Uh, Louisiana was uh, um, Cato Parish Magnet High School. It might be Cato, I'm not sure. 43, uh-huh. or, sorry, 33.2,000. Um, St. Pius X High School from New Mexico. Um, they were 24.8 thousand, but again, I'm willing to bet that's just objectives or objectives and um, essay. Um, so that 24.8 thousand might actually be near 40,000 um, yeah. if it doesn't have essay. And if it does have essay, you know, mid 30,000. Um, and then Central High School from Oregon is back. They were not there last year, but they were there the two years before that. They seem to be the only competing high school from Oregon at the moment, and they were 18.2K. At state, again, probably just objectives or objectives in essay. Um, and uh, yeah, so just context there. Um, okay. And then what do you think is going to happen? So first place, I think, is going to be Oakwood. Um, yeah. Second place, I see being Bishop Hendrickin from Rhode Island. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they were our Division Two champions last year, mm-hmm. um, and they posted a very impressive score this year. So I think though, I think they can jump ahead of Creighton Prep mm-hmm. and take second overall mm-hmm. in Division Two. And then some Wisconsin bias probably definitely factors into my third place decision, uh-huh. but also knowing. Uh, some of the team members on Wilmot's team, knowing coach, the co- coach Sikowski is extremely competitive. Yeah. And so if he sees that his team is in fourth, he he wants a banner. Mm-hmm. He wants a banner hanging up in their school. So I, I just think they're going to jump up into third place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that the competitive drive is going to push them into the top three. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, um, for me, um, I also agree. You know, who is going to be first? Um, I also agree that Bishop Hendrickson, I think, uh, in from Rhode Island, is going to be second place. Um, but I'm not totally sure what I think about third place. I think it could be Wilmot from Wisconsin. I also think it could be Creighton Prep from Nebraska. I'd say um, they have about equal chances. I th- I think it'll be close. I don't think I have an opinion, um, a very strong mm-hmm. opinion about who will be third. I I would put a little bit. I, I'm leaning toward probably Nebraska taking third, um, but you know we'll see. Um, something I will say: so for second place, we you know we both agree that it, it'll probably be Rhode Island. Um, just looking over um, their scores for the past couple of years, Bishop Hendrickson has um, been winning Rhode Island every year since 2011, uh, and you know at first when they won in 2011, they won with 35k, and there were 35k at nationals. And they were 35K at Nationals for three years. Um, and then they were 37K in 2014. And then since then, they have taken things to a, a different level. Um, so in 2015, well, that was their first year of hitting um, 40,000 points. And that was just an all-new team of all juniors. They all came back. The next year, they were 45,000. Um, and then yet last year, every building year, they were at 43.6 thousand at Nationals. Here's the thing. Last year, they went from 41.6K to 43.6K from state to nationals. So that's 2,000 mm-hmm. points. Um, and even the year before that, in 2016, they started out after state with 44.6 and went up to 45.5, which is 900, almost 1,000 points. Um, if they keep up, so if they rose 1,000 in 2016 and 2,000 in 2017, I think it's safe to say they'll rise 3,000 in 2018, right? Yeah. I <laughs> think. Um, could, could we be looking at a 48k team here? Um, um, we could. I mean, anything is really possible. Anything is possible. And, you know, I think 3,000 is a bit much to expect. Um, but I definitely do think it's very plausible that they will rise at least 1,000 points, um, probably to about the mid-46k range, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also worth noting that at the Rhode Island State Competition, their, subjectives, um, their subjective scores were um, a bit lower um, than they had been in the past. Um, and so maybe, you know, uh, um, and, and that's for the entire state. I don't think it's necessarily because the team themselves, um, was, um, like worse at subjectives or anything. Um, so I think that, that, that could also give them, um, a bit of room to jump more. Um, so I could see them in the mid 46,000 range. Uh, and then there's the question of Nebraska versus Wisconsin. So, you know, Nebraska a lot of people, you know, if we look at the poll that we put on Demi Deck Talk, 
Um, you know, basically everyone is voting for Nebraska to be second place in Division Two, and that's fair because they have a fifteen hundred point lead on third place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. the thing about Nebraska is they their state competition operates on a very different um, basis than all of the other state competitions. Um, so, uh, so w- one of the things that they do is they take an entire subject and and uh, they don't give out tests on that subject they don't give written tests on this subject instead it's purely super quiz um and so you know back before 2013 um when there actually was just an actual super quiz topic it made it made a fair amount of sense um because the um you would just have the individual scores be out of nine events um and then overall um you know uh, i think 100 points per question i'm not exactly sure how it works yeah, but up to a thousand points per student yeah. um you know would be the super quiz team score and so their state scores um for their team score is just the nine event individual scores for each of their individuals plus the super quiz overall team score which does not have to be um you know uh it doesn't have to be the same counters um, yeah. And so what this leads is, you know, a lot of time when you go from 50 questions to just 10 per student, um, this might lead to just like an increase in the in people's scores. Um, and that and it might be just five questions. I don't know. Um, and different. so, you know, it's, it's hard to say exactly how written test scores correlate to super quiz scores, but that probably inflates the state score just a little bit on its own. And then when you factor into it that a lot of the time what a lot of coaches will do and you know i'm not sure exactly which schools do this um but it is a is is a common thing um for um the top student in each division on a team to not study super quiz at all or at least very little um and then to have the third members uh, the like uh the non-counters on the uh on each gpa division uh would be studying almost solely super quiz so they would get a really high super quiz score the person in the middle would get a decently high super quiz score and then those would count toward the overall super quiz that would then count toward the the team score does that make sense what i'm explaining yeah yeah um which is just yeah. like kind of a natural thing to do honestly when this is the system that you have uh-huh. i think it's um another important thing to point out is that another difference between nebraska and a lot of states is that They've used a 25-question math test instead of a 30-question math test. Right. Um, but under the same time constraints as the 35-question math test. Mm-hmm. So that could possibly lead to higher scores. But they discontinued that this year. They had no, they a didn't. 30... Oh, they didn't? I was under the impression that they did, too. Um, and I think they might have for earlier competitions this year. However, um, at least, you know, if you look on the Academic Decathlon Scores and Information Center here for... Th- um, referred to as ADSIC, um, the scores that are input for the math for this year, um, which were input by students who were who were there, um, those are all in forty point intervals. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And so, yeah, I was looking through that the other day, and I was surprised to see that as well. Um, but it okay. does look like they stayed with the twenty five question um, math score this year. Mm-hmm. So, in the end, I think it's going to be pretty close between Nebraska and Wisconsin, and then. Who knows? Parsippany was only about 500 points behind Wilmot Union, so they could also be in there. Yeah. So, yeah, the thing about Nebraska is that it's just, you know, um, it, 
a lot of the time, I think there's only been a couple of instances in history where the Nebraska team has actually gone up um, from from state to nationals. Um, and especially with newer teams who haven't been in nationals before, you know, Creighton Prep has is definitely no stranger to nationals. Um, however, with their current set of coaches, yeah. um, this is the first time that they have been in nationals. Um, so this is Creighton Prep's first time back to nationals since 2013. Um, and, you know, um, they definitely want to do really well, um, of course. And so maybe they will still stay up in that 46,000 point range. Maybe they'll actually push it up to 47,000. Um, you know, their students are definitely incredibly dedicated. Um, and I would not be super surprised to see them stay at 46,000 points or even up to 47,000. Um, but I think that, you know, again, looking at patterns, like, uh, it is, it is fairly likely that they will probably end up in about the 44,000 or 45,000 point range. Um, and that's kind of also where I expect, um, Wilmot union to end up at as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I think it will very plausibly be close. Um, and now do you want to talk about the incorporation of the international teams in the division awards for division two? Yes. Um, okay. well, well, real quick since, since, um, Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we covered basically the, the teams that we're um, predicting for, for the top four. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so this is where the international teams get very interesting, um, because there are three 40 K teams. In fact, three teams over 42,000 points and division two here at nationals. Um, most notably Shanghai international. Um, uh-huh. and they are a, uh, they're a new powerhouse. They are, they have an incredible team. Um, last year they were the top, um, they were also the top team at nationals, um, from China. Uh, and last year, I think they went up 3000 points from the state competition to the national competition. They ended up last year, um, at 43,000 after I think having been about, um, let's see, they had been, um, oh, never mind. They didn't, they didn't go up several thousand, um, from state. Um, my bad. Um, they, they remained about the same or, or just a couple hundred points lower than they were at state competition, but they were the top score from mm-hmm. um, China. This year, they scored 46,000 points um, at the state competition. Um, and I know that in the China, um, the in-country competition for China, a lot of the subjective scores tend to be very low. Um, you know, and I don't think this is because of you know the speaking abilities of the students or anything i think this is j- largely just you know the way that the judges are trained and whatnot um but just looking through the meddling scores um which we'll have soon on adsic um it looks like they're going to be um i i i think that shanghai international um their objective scores are probably around 33 34 thousand um yeah um which is really incredible um and you know there's a lot of controversy about um some of the or lots of strong opinions i guess i should say about um the way that a lot of the chinese teams decide who's an honors classic and varsity um it is true that a lot of um teams uh, what how the way that they determine gp divisions um since they you know don't do grades or even necessarily rankings the same way that we do um, and all of these schools just, you know, these are all special schools that operate in, you know, very different ways, for, even amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time what they'll do is they'll just proctor a test on the material before they've studied anything and, and then divide it based on how well they do on those tests. So the people who 
already had a lot of background knowledge about it will end up as honors and the people who didn't will end up as varsities. Um, and, you know, uh, just looking like looking at the distribution of scores uh, for honors classic and varsity at the China and country competitions, um, it seems like it does follow the same distribution of scores that we see a lot in the United States with, you know, um, calculated by GPA. Um, but it's not exactly perfect. And it definitely is, you know, possible to game the system, to, so to speak, um, where, you know, people just pretend like they don't know the answers to questions and end up as varsities and end up really amazing varsities. Um, however, I do know that Shanghai International High School, uh, at least last year, and I, as far as I know this year as well, um, they do do um, it based on GPA and rank. Um, so, you know, very similar to the U.S. So their varsities are varsities, their scholastics are scholastics in the same way that they are in the United States. Um, so Shanghai International is a really incredible team. Um, and I honestly, I think that they could end up at second place um, overall in Division Two. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I put them at third place. I just think that Bishop Hendrickson is going to improve enough mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. ahead of them. Yeah, it'll. I think. I think it could be very close. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. Again, yeah, my gut instinct says Shanghai will end up at Shanghai International will end up at second, um, but you know it could be third. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what the people said. Um, wow, democracy. Yeah, <laughs> nine responses. What if, what if our scores were decided by democracy? <laughs> like people voted on how well you should do. Um, well, I'd vote for myself. It would, it would not be a good system, but it's no. weird to think about. It would just be a population popularity yeah. contest. Um, um, so California would win, <laughs> or Texas, or like uh, if if it was conducted online, um, that would be basically like you know whoever is most active online. So it yeah. might actually be Arizona, and maybe. Well, and then what if we like said everyone in the United States? can vote we just have they would just be like this, the, the states with the highest population would win so yeah it would be california yep california anyway. would texas would come in second um third would be um florida what, is it new york or florida oh yeah i think it is florida i remember off yeah. the top of my head i used to know this stuff but if we want to talk about like typical voter turnout i think new york is generally higher in that area so plausible yeah that, that would make sense yeah yeah. Okay. So, what the people said about yeah. where Shanghai International will place, um, there were let's see, nine people who voted on that, um, and it looks four. like four people voted second, and yeah, two four, people four voted pe- third. What? Four people voted that two teams would place. No, I, I'm looking at the the next question. Oh, the next question, which okay. is what place will Shanghai International yeah. be awarded? So, so five it looks like people. four people. What? Five. Did I miscount? Oh, I did. Well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So five people said Shanghai International will be second. Um, two people said that they would be third, and two people said they'd be fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's I say that's fair. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't see them coming in fourth, but I guess it could happen. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if maybe like one of their team members isn't able to make it to nationals or something for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, uh, things always happen. Things always happen. Yeah. But like, I think it's second. 
maybe third is probably the strongest um, to guess. Um, we also asked people how many international teams would be awarded overall team medals in Division Two. So remember, this is essentially asking how many teams from China will in Division Two will beat the top four or any of the top four um, teams, uh, U.S. teams in Division Two. Mm-hmm. And uh, the you know nine people answered. The, the average answer was actually two. Yes, um, just under two. Um, so that's interesting. And so, yeah, as I said, there are two other teams that are, um, you know, above 42,000 in division two from China, um, which is, uh, Shanghai international or, or which we were just talking about. Uh, and then also Shanghai foreign language school affiliated to SISU and, um, uh, the Fudan affiliated high school. Um, so a lot of these teams have like really long names and so you just have to like find out ways to shorten it. Um, yeah. but yeah, so um, you know, we could see these teams increasing or we could see them decrease. Um, I'm not totally sure that any of them will, that any of those other two will end up also in, um, you know, the top four. Um, but I definitely could see it happening. Um, especially I think Fudan, um, do, do they have stronger? I don't remember. Hang on. Yeah, I haven't looked at China results a ton. I've been trying to learn a lot about it. Oh, no. So this is actually Fudan affiliated's first time to nationals since 2015. Okay. Um, yeah. When they were 32K back then. So they've made a huge jump. I think it, it, it's so early in China's competition history to draw patterns about scores. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think we just need more time. Oh, yeah. Yep. And um, so, yeah, that's about that for Division 2. Should we move on to Division 3? Uh, yep, Division 3. So uh, let's start with... Um, uh, should we start with a rundown of the teams? Yes. So um, currently ranked first in terms of... Should, we'll just do U.S. teams first. Um, yep. First is Ketchikan High School from Alaska with 42.4K. Um, second is Maine Monmouth Academy with 407 thousand points 40.7 um third place is utah da vinci academy with 40.5k um fourth is idaho's sugar salem high school with just under forty thousand points um i always lose count here okay fifth is minnesota's lakeview Kristen welcome memorial high school uh, with uh, 35.9k sixth place is new york's tully junior senior high school with 35.5k um I lost count again. Why is this so hard? Seventh place is Wyoming, uh, Wheatland High School with 35.5K also. Um, eighth place is Hawaii, um, Kamehameha Schools Hawaii Campus, um, 33,000 points. Um, ninth is Colorado Vail Christian High School with 30.4,000 points. Uh, tenth is Missouri's University Academy with 25.3,000 points, which is probably 10 events. Um, and then also scores that we cannot really rank um, because these probably do not include speech or interview or maybe even essay. Um, Tennessee, Madison Academic High School was 24.1 thousand points. I'm fairly positive that's only the objective scores, not including essay, um, but it could include essay. They're generally Uh, pretty strong. Yeah, and I know that there were 23, there were mid-23,000 at round one. Oh, so without essay, so it would make sense that they would go up 600 or so, you know, around then instead of going down a couple thousand and uh, having essay make up the rest of that. 
Um, and then also Florida University Christian High School with 17.3 thousand. Um, again, probably without speech and interview, maybe also without essay. Um, yeah, so that's Division Three. Um, should we also do the international teams or do we do U.S. teams first and then, I guess, let's do let's U.S. Talk, teams first. Yeah. So cool. let's go quickly to what the people said. Mm-hmm. We had seven responses and six of them chose uh, Ketchikan for the Division Three champions and one chose Madison Academic. Mm-hmm. Um, so personally, yeah. I think Ketchikan will win. Mm-hmm. Um, although factors like it being their first time at nationals. Um, yeah. You know, and also like it, 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 you know, it's a lot warmer in Texas than it is in Alaska. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is very true. The, the climate difference. It, it has an effect. It does. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you think? Second. Um, for second, I, th- I think we're going to be looking at um, the Da Vinci Academy. Wait, no. Yeah, the, I, I think we're going to be looking at the Da Vinci Academy in second. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, I just kind of feel it. Because um, mm-hmm. them and Monmouth were so close. Yeah. It could go either way, honestly. It really could. And like... We have, you know, of the seven people who voted for in Division Three, we have six people saying Monmouth would be second, and one person saying Da Vinci. Um, I think maybe that was you. Um, Probably. And even though Monmouth Academy and Da Vinci are only separated by like, is it like, is it even three hundred points? Yeah. Okay, it's like two hundred fifty points. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are just like voting based on what the current ranking is, but things do change a lot, especially when there's only two hundred fifty points. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I find it kind of interesting that so many people were just like oh yeah they'll probably come out in first even though um that very well could not be true and uh, something that i used to make this decision is that the last time that mammoth academy was at nationals in uh, 2016 their score decreased by about 2,000 points mm-hmm. um, between state and nationals but they also weren't near the top of their division yeah, that is true. Motivation uh, to win a division, uh, and with a stronger, uh, with a much stronger team this year, because I think they won in the mid thirty-five thousand uh, range, like in twenty sixteen when they came. Yeah, th- thirty-six, yeah. Oh, thirty-six. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, now they're in the forty thousand point range, um, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe like uh, it's very possible that like with you know students who are working a lot harder to make this team better would be more motivated to yeah. uh, continue to make a strong showing in nationals. Lots of factors go into tons. Yeah. How a team performs. And, you know, Da Vinci Academy, this is also their first time at nationals. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So it's very unclear how, you know, they will end up doing. Um, I, I'm like, we were, you, you put Monmouth Academy for third, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm unsure what to think between the two. I really could see it going either way, and I, I'm giving it just a 50-50. Um, and I think that probably Monmouth is going in with, with higher objectives. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that that, uh, that it should simply be whoever has the highest objectives win. Um, but I think that, like, going in with higher objectives um, and, like, kind of, probably lower overall um, subjective scores in the state 
might be underrepresenting how actually like their actual level of mm-hmm. um, how good they are at subjectives. Um, whereas I think in Utah, maybe it was a bit higher um, for subjectives. And so maybe that um, like if you were to balance them out uh, and like have them compete in the same place, it might be the case that, um, you know, Monmouth Academy um, or Da Vinci Academy would uh, overtake them by 250 or not. Um, it's, it's just it's hard to know. Um, so maybe I'm leaning a little bit toward um, Monmouth, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it, it's it's so close. It's hard to tell. It really is. Yeah. Um, um, but Kashikan, yeah, I you know I think Kashikan is is ahead um, by over a thousand points um, in first place, but it's it's a, it's about fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could also see it being the case that you know if Monmouth or Da Vinci Academy are like, hey, you know what, we're really close. Let's do this. Let's just take the first place. Um, yeah. And if if Kesha can, you know, this, let's say, and this could happen with any other team, you know, maybe Kesha can is the one being like, you know, we're already here. Let's do this. Let's make sure we don't drop. Um, but, you know, maybe they're like, well, you know, let, let's take it easy. This is our first time. I could see um, maybe one of the other teams taking first. Um, Sugar Salem's close. Sugar Salem is also to close. The yeah, I mean, Academy. They're only 500 points behind, um, less than 500 points behind Da Vinci Academy. Um, mm-hmm. Sugar Salem from Idaho. Um, and uh, they, um, they've they been winning Idaho for the past three years. Um, uh, yep. And looking at patterns, it, it looks like they tend to um, maybe go down a couple thousand. Um, and so, you know, maybe that is going to be again the case this year. But maybe because they're closer than they ever have been in the past. Um, this is the closest that they've been, um, at least as state champions, to 40,000 points. Um, maybe being closer to the top will, you know, have them reverse that trend. Um, yeah. It's really unclear. So, yeah. But I, I think that right there, um, between those four, and then again, we can't forget Madison Academic. Um, oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, if they're at 24,000 points, let's say that's just objectives. Maybe they'll go up another thousand and be a, like... Uh, um, and that would put them at probably 39k, 40k. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, if the if the other teams that are in the 40k range drop to 39k, um, then they could also be up there. Um, yeah. So Division Three is really, I could see anything happening. Um, yeah. yeah, with with Oakwood out of Division Three, it's sort of it's, yeah. it's becoming more it's of a mystery. Game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely think that Keshiken has by far the biggest chance at it. Um, but you never know. Um, yeah. You never really know. Uh, so do you want to talk about uh, the, international teams? Yes. Yeah, so this is where things get even more interesting. Um, because, um, you know, Keshiken in Alaska, who's leading Division Three in the U.S. teams, has 42.4 thousand points. The top international team um which is beijing national day school going into division three has forty four thousand points so, so they're actually um you know uh about 20 about 15 1600 points ahead of cash um and again like it looked like and granted alaska always has relatively deflated subjective scores um but i don't think they're maybe as deflated as the china in-country competition so um it's very possible the Beijing National Day School will actually grow a lot. 
Um, but here's the thing. Last year, if we look at Beijing National Day School, they actually won the... Uh, never mind. Don't pay any attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, so they could definitely stay ahead of Kashi Khan. Yeah. Um, maybe they'll drop a bit. Maybe they'll go up. Um, but I definitely think that we could be seeing um, awarding the first ever um, divisional title to an international team. And of course, you know, they would end up sharing it with the top U.S. team because that's how um, your cities decide to go about um, these international teams um, being at the, you know, so-called national rather than international competition. Um, and, you know, different people have different opinions on that. This isn't about that. Um, but I think that this could definitely be a huge milestone. Um, and you know what? For me personally, like I love seeing teams like from all over the world competing in something that I love so much. And if they're doing really good, I think um, you know it's great that we're able to um, recognize them adequately for that. So yeah, yeah. And I think there's the there, the next D three international team is thirty six point six k the Nanjing Jingling High School. Um, and uh, so they're probably not going to be racing for the top there. Yeah. Um, and then on to D4. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to overview the D4 teams quick? Sure thing. Okay, yeah. Um, so this one, I won't mess up the numbers because they're ranked separately on the ADSIC page that I'm looking at. So um, first we have Lebanon Trail High School from Texas. Um, they're actually from Frisco. Um, so, you know, that's really cool. Um, they're just under 45,000 points. Second place, we have Mount Michael High School um, from Nebraska, just under 44,000 points. Third place, California Lamore Middle College, 43.5K. Um, fourth, Wisconsin Watertown High School, 43.2,000. Fifth, Massachusetts, I can't even pronounce my own <laughs> state. <laughs> Massachusetts, oh my God, Massachusetts Ashland High School. 41.8 thousand. Sixth place, Ohio, Willoughby South High School, 41.7 thousand. Seventh, seventh place, New Jersey, Indian Hills High School, 40.7 thousand. Eighth place, Idaho, Sandpoint High School, 39.7 thousand. Ninth place, Utah, Bingham High School, 39.5 thousand. Tenth, Indiana, Wrights Memorial High School, 39.4 thousand. Eleventh, Pennsylvania, Clarion Limestone High School, um, just under 39,000. 12th, Georgia, Parkview High School, 37.1,000. 13th, Iowa, Union High School, 35.3,000. 14th, Minnesota, St. Peter High School, 34.6,000. 15th, Maine, Bangor High School, 33.8,000. 16th, Illinois, Northside College Prep, 33.5,000. 17th, Wyoming, Laramie High School, not sure how to pronounce that, 29.7,000, and then 18th, Hawaii, Kamehameha Schools, Maui Campus, 25.3,000. Okay. So let's talk about what we think will happen here. And uh, if, I may, I think, if I may make a, a quick note real quick. Earlier I yeah. said the Collegiate Academy from Pennsylvania and University High School of Fresno County, uh, California, both um, qualified for Division Four and then turned down those invitations for mm-hmm. E-Nationals. Um, the same thing also happened... Um, to South Central Calhoun High School from Iowa. Uh, yes, okay. Yeah. Um, so in, in first place, I think we're going to be looking at Lebanon Trail um, taking first place in their home state of Texas. Um, mm-hmm. even, though there were, even though they're a new team, 
Uh, I think they've got a lot of great potential. Uh, uh, I mean, these... if they, they're they're completely sophomores and, and freshmen. Yeah. Like, you know, imagine. I just I can't even imagine what this team will be like in two more years. Um, mm-hmm. I think they could very well be the first fifty k first go team. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah. So I think I think we're gonna be looking at those guys in first place, and then second place. Um, I know I think my bias is uh, going to be showing on this one a little bit, but I, I think we're going to be looking at Watertown in second place. Um, Watertown's a really interesting program. They started in 2013, and I Wait, think that was they their were, first year. Yeah, that was their first year. Dude, um, I did not know that. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, they. I think they were about 17th place at the Wisconsin State competition. And then the next year, they were fourth place, and they've been top four ever since. In the last two years, they've been top two. Wow. So they were a team that jumped to the top very quickly and have stayed there. Their coach, Coach Kemp, he does a great job recruiting. I think in 2016, they had somewhere around 40 students compete at round one. Wow. Uh, which is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he, he's very motivated and he motivates them a lot. They almost won Wisconsin state this year is about 500 points difference. Yeah. Um, so I think, th- so I think they'll be looking at second place. Um, I think the motivation is, is going to be a big factor there. Mm-hmm. And then in third place, um, it, it's, it's, it's toss up between Mount Michael and Lamore middle college. College, but I'd have to uh, Lamore from California mm-hmm. um, to be in third place. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I I mean, so yeah. First off the bat, um, you know, Lebanon Trail um, is a thousand points ahead of second place, um, and I think that they will almost certainly hold up their score. Um, I, I know that they knew relatively early that they were likely to go to nationals, so. I think that they probably had, um, you know, they, I, I can't say this for sure, but I think it's very plausible that they like, you know, were kind of like planning on that. And so, you know, less likely to, you know, maybe be burnt out or something like that. Um, and to still hold up their score very well. Um, and I think they will, I'm not sure whether they'll, even though they were just under 45,000 points, I'm not sure if they'll hit that or not. Um, I think it's, you know, still possible that they'll like maybe go down and score a little bit. Um, I think a lot of Division Four probably will because a lot of these teams, especially, were not um, anticipating going to nationals, um, and I think that you know, for a lot of students and a lot of teams, it's kind of just uh, you know going more for the fun rather than for the competitiveness of it. Um, especially because you know they're not giving out scholarships um, for Division Four or things like that. So uh, you know, it makes sense. Um, but I still think that they'll definitely come out on top, probably by a pretty sizable lead. Um, honestly, I'm not really sure beyond that. I agree with you that I think Watertown is probably the best bet for second place. I know they went up a lot from um, uh, regionals to state, and they probably also had in mind going to nationals. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little bit of a surprise that they did qualify for Division Four. Um, yeah, because cause... their enrollment numbers are only barely pushing them across the division line. Um, uh, like they're, they're... And another thing, what? Another thing to note for Watertown is that they have competed in online nationals before. That's, so they yes. do know. 
So they do know what it's like to continue their season uh, about one and a half months after the Wisconsin State competition. They know what that feels like. They right. they know what studying for another month and a half is like. So they, they're kind of used to it. That's a, a, that's a really bit. good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also um, it's important to note that Mount Michael uh, competed at nationals last year. So again, they also know what it's yes. like. Yeah. To... And, and they, they also probably had in mind that they were going to, to go to nationals. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think some of those top teams, you know, knew, um, and Nebraska, it's a bit clear cut because they actually had large and small teams separated, um, at their competition. Um, whereas mm-hmm. like, you know, in Wisconsin, like Wilmot union who won, it was actually a medium school. So Watertown barely has an enrollment high enough to qualify as a large school. Um, mm-hmm. and so they're the ones being sent. So, you know, don't, don't think of division four as necessarily all small schools. Yeah. Cause on some of them where the smaller school won, uh, they're sending the, the big second place school or, you know, something like that. Um, but yeah, Mount Michael is a, is a small school. Um, and again, you know, from Nebraska, it's usually like you usually expect, um, you know, uh, like if they're just under 44,000 now, you know, maybe they'll end up just under 43,000 or something like that. Um, so I could see them in third place or I could see them in, in fourth. Um, and it's hard to say exactly. Um, I know that with California's little more middle college high school in California, they do not have any defined size divisions, especially because at state they do the score-based divisions. And um, Lamore Middle College, I think, was taken almost completely by surprise, the fact that they qualified for nationals. Um, I, I don't think that they were expecting that, especially because, you know, a lot, everyone was expecting university to. And the university did win that title, but they just, you know, decided to do e-nationals on, instead. Um, and so, you know, they did also have the most recent state competition. Um, but I could see that quick turnaround, um, you know, maybe having to spend a lot of time doing, um, fundraising and stuff in order to get them to nationals, um, things of that sort might not have led them to a lot of time to study. Um, spring break. Yeah. Spring break and things like that. So it's, it's, it's really hard to say, um, you know, whether they'll keep their score, go up higher or lower or something like that. Um, but, um, Yeah. Um, uh, bias alert <laughs> Massachusetts has a team that's very up there um, Ashland High School with 41.8 thousand points um, I am you know just to you know obviously in the context of this podcast I'm commenting as as I said pr- purely a spectator and you know not as uh, anyone affiliated with USAD or um, with Massachusetts Academic Decathlon or, or I'm not commenting in that vein but just to break that for one second, so I can say this as the Massachusetts State Director, I am so proud of this team. Um, they have really, and, and this with a coach in, in his second year, you know, having taken on um, from a legendary coach before, um, he and his team um, have made an incredible improvement from last year. Last year, um, they were um, under 30,000 points. Um, granted, that was primarily because they didn't have a second varsity. Um, but then this year, um, you know, they worked really hard to to recruit a second and a third varsity. Um, and a lot of their team returned from the previous year. And when I told everyone at the beginning of the year that a second place team would be able to go to nationals, um, they were all over it. And they made a huge leap, not only just from round one to regionals, but then from regionals to state. Um, and, you know, I can't say whether they'll continue that again. Uh, to nationals, I'm not sure if they have it in mind. 
um, to, you know, be one of the top three teams there or not, um, or if they have it in mind to, um, you know, it, especially when you're, when you're setting out in a state that's conquered by a school the same way that Acton Boxborough is, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're setting out um, just to be able to make it to nationals. Um, so I can't say whether they'll jump up a lot. I definitely think they have it in them to go up to 43,000 points. Um, but, you know, maybe they're taking it easy now that they've won, um, as they have every right to do. Um, and so, you know, maybe we won't see them uh, in the top three or even the top five. Um, but all I can say is um, they um, are really amazing. They're the highest team score that's not Acton Boxborough out of Massachusetts in a long time. Um, and I hope that that bodes well for the future. And uh, yeah. yeah, best of luck to everyone, but especially them and AD. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I could see them up there. Um, and then I could see, um, you know, maybe Willoughby South Ohio, um, who is just yeah. behind Ashland with 41.7 thousand points, uh, could be up there. Um, I don't know if they're recognizing, as I said, the top three or they're just the top four, or if they're recognizing the top four or just the top three teams. Um, but I, I do think that in Division Four we could see things shift a lot in terms of the ranking, um, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited. And I'm really excited to see the the, um, the top individuals as well. Um, oh so, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, there's no international teams in Division Four. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all of our divisions. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about in terms of predictions? Uh, I, I remember it's something that we kind of uh, glazed over at the beginning, um, but I, there's the question of whether ECR will break 59,000 points or not. 56. The, what did I say? You said 59. <laughs> Here, I'll answer that question for you now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at talking to you guys. Okay. Um, yeah, whether they'll break 56,000 points. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, obviously 56,000 has never been broken before. Um, and just like their record of 55,942.4, what they just pulled off at state is the highest team score in history. Um, and maybe they'll improve upon that or maybe not. Um, we also asked this question in our survey. Um, yes. I'll, I guess a little bit indirectly. Um, and it seems like of the 16 people, um, wait, did someone, oh, someone filled this out during our podcast. Okay. Well, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're recording this on Saturday night uh, so of these 16 people I'm glad it was 15 that made percentages easier for the time being yeah. um, there were only 5 who said um, that they will hit 56,000 and honestly just personally I think I have to agree with that um, primarily yeah. because um, you know California as incredible as they are um, have not gone up in score from state to nationals um, since 2012. Um, and 2012 is that incredible historic year where they went from 52.3K to 54.1. That was the first time anyone ever broke 54,000 points. And we were all like, man, I wonder if that will ever happen again. <laughs> and here we are wondering uh, if they'll break a different team, 50, of course. It will break 56,000. Yeah. I almost said 59 again. I, I don't, yeah, I don't think they'll break 56,000. Um, it, it's hard. You you have to be near perfect on everything. I mean, but they already were. Like you know, it was basically just like random circumstance, or maybe like a couple of 
subjective things because they were just 60 points away. All right, so I, I think this thing, oh, it's hard to do it. I don't think that's a good enough reason to say they won't <laughs> because they were almost dead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. And then again, it, it, it's going to be a fun national competition. For sure. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to watch the webcast this year. Uh, mm. Yeah. Well, you'll be uh, backpacking, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's fun. I like it. Um, well, you could do that any other time. Can't always be watching the Nationals live cast, but okay. Well, no, this is this is related to a, this is related to a scouting event. Okay, okay. So, so this is the only weekend for that. Got it. Um, Got it. So, but but I'll be at Nationals in person next year. Uh, and I will be in Nationals in person this year and next year, um, hmm. unless I die, which would be bad, but like I shouldn't. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, for any of our listeners who will also be at Nationals, um, I hope that I see you there and best of luck. And um, I'm excited to, to meet more people. There's so many people who are going to be at Nationals this year that, you know, I've wanted to meet for a long time. Um, and so... I'm super excited for that. I'm super excited for, you know, all of the decathlon friends that I've made this year. As always, the community is amazing. And I'm excited to meet a lot of these people in person. Um, and uh, even people that I haven't had online contact with, um, uh, you know, hoping to, you know, establish new bonds or whatever. Um, so yeah. it's weird that bonds can also be a negative thing if you're like tied to something in a bad way. Yeah. I just momentarily doubted that was the right word, but it is. Yeah. Anyway, it, enough of my terrible oration. What? Yeah, it, it, it's a good word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we're done here. I think we recorded significantly longer than we had intended, but um, yeah, yeah. this is two hours long. Oh wow! What? Uh, some. We'll we'll edit some of the beginning stuff out, right? Okay, so it'll be slightly less than two hours. Okay, sure. There were the technical difficulties. <laughs> if you've made it this far, we salute you. Yes. Like, honestly, I'm sorry you you thought it was a good idea to listen to us talk. No, I mean, I regardless of whether anyone listened to this, I had a lot of fun talking to you, Sam. Um, yeah, and and if you're listening to this still, don't forget to like and subscribe and uh, drop a comment down below on what you think. Are you being sarcastic? No, subscribe to the podcast. It, it, it's, it, can, it's can you fun. even leave a comment down below? Like, I feel like that's what people say on YouTube. Well, Nick usually shares this on Facebook, so you can leave a comment uh, on, on Facebook. Fair, fair. All right, um, yeah. Makes sense. If this is on iTunes and you're listening there, make sure you leave a review. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that does help a lot. Yeah. Uh, but although, like, I think this is, like, one of the most, like... Um, esoteric podcast yeah. and also like let us know maybe what you want to hear from this podcast yeah yeah um, after, like what because after nationals we've got about six months until competition starts up again um mm. so maybe you know we, we probably won't be having a ton but Maybe here and there we'll, well do something. Yeah, and th- and that's the time to like like I love the interviews that Nick has been doing with coaches, yeah. um, uh, and just like the little roundtable things that he's been doing. Um, so I, 
I'm excited to hear more of that um, and get to know all of these legendary coaches um, better and things of that sort. Something else that I would like to do um, over the summer, Sam, is kind yeah. of like make some type of like uh, recognition of like, um, you know, like kind of the top teams and individuals who have done really amazing things this year. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, doing more than just reading the 9K list, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which would take a while in itself. But, you know, recognizing yeah. like, you know, kind of like more in-depth things that. Um, yeah. And maybe uh, that'll be a, that could be over a couple podcasts. We can do that. Should we just split this one into two, like a part one and part two? Oh, God. Uh, we'll see. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Anyway. If, if they're going to listen to, if they're, if they're going to listen to the whole thing, they'll listen to the whole thing. But I, I having things in more bite-sized chunks makes it a bit easier, no? True. Oh, and do you think you can can i say something and then can you put this at the beginning of the podcast maybe sure hello if you are going to be competing at the national competition please turn this podcast off and go study yes amen Yeah. yeah do not take the two hours to listen to this you can do a lot of studying in two hours uh so go do that um yes you can listen to our thoughts afterwards, after the national competition. All right, here we go. Yep. Okay, so that I will just put at the beginning. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. So that just about wraps things up. Again, um, thank you, <laughs> listeners, for listening and, and also just being awesome and a part of the Decathlon community as a whole. Um, yeah. We hope that you enjoyed um, us saying our thoughts and... Um, uh, we're curious to know what yours are if you haven't already done the survey. So you can find that at demidactalk.com. Uh, Sam said, like, comment, and subscribe or whatever, depending on the platform you're on. And uh, excited to see anyone at Nationals. Peace out. Yep. Peace out. <laughs>